This is Pastor Chris Simak from the Potter's House East Side. This sermon was recorded on the 2nd of May, 2021. This is the Sunday night part two version of the sermon that was started in the morning when arson is not a crime. Tonight we're continuing part two of our sermon uh, that we begun this morning, uh, when arson is not a crime. When arson is not a crime. Uh, and we are looking this morning, we looked at Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. Uh, we looked at Jesus the baptizer. Jesus the baptizer in Holy Spirit and fire. Can you say amen? Uh, we had a great service this morning. And tonight we're continuing in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1. I, I mentioned this morning uh, that the Australian bushfires uh, began uh, last year. Uh, they happen every single year. And every single year, there's always an issue, not only with bushfires that are created naturally, not only with a lightning strike or something like that, but bushfires that are created because of an arsonist. An arsonist is a person that will purposely light the fire. Uh, a terrible, terrible crime and different things. Uh, and here, that's why I entitled this sermon, When Arson is Not a Crime, because uh, these arsonists, they're lighting up bushfires destroying land, destroying people's homes and livelihoods. Uh, but God wants to light us on fire. Can you say amen? Uh, God wants to light us on fire with His Holy Spirit. We established that this morning, that Jesus Christ, uh, even before He began His ministry in Matthew chapter 3, even before He began, that the fire was part of His ministry. The Holy Spirit and fire was something that John the Baptist said that Jesus Christ was going to do. We looked firstly at the essential fire this morning. And then we got stuck on the first point. Hallelujah. Uh, I just got a bit too excited there with the essential fire. That the Christian life is meant to be hot. The Christian life is meant to be hot. Amen. Not cold. Not uh, half-hearted, not uh, I'm, 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 I'm working on it, pastor. I mean, we're all working on it. We all have troubles. We all have issues. None of us are perfect. Uh, but the Christian life is meant to be a life of fire. We looked at the word baptism. And the baptism today is a very religious word. But that idea... Uh, that John said, I, will, I am baptizing you with water. Jesus is going to baptize you with fire. A very clear imagery of back in the day when they used to have dyers. And this was people that would create clothing. They would create fabric and then they would uh, get a dye from a plant or some kind of coloring from somewhere. They would mix it in the water and with the fabric, they would dip it in the dye. And when they dip the fabric in the dye, listen carefully, that the dye went into the fabric as the fabric went into the dye. They became part of each other. 
The cloth accepted the nature of the dye. And the miracle of baptism is the same thing that when Jesus baptizes us, as we are going to pray for tonight, when Jesus baptizes us with the Holy Spirit, just like when I baptized many of you, uh, some of them were smooth, some of them were funny. I remember uh, baptizing Margaret and, and she was pregnant and Jesse is flicking the water up on the belly. Uh, I remember it was freezing cold because our bath got a hole in it. Do you remember that? Uh, we, some of you are trying to forget that. Hallelujah. Uh, but right there as I'm next to you, helping you to baptize you, to immerse you in the water. In the same way, Jesus is next to us, helping us and baptizing us, immersing us in the Holy Spirit and fire. Hallelujah. You see, baptism is full immersion. Is full immersion. And I'll speak more about this a little bit later. So let's look secondly then. We looked at the essential fire. This was essential. I don't know if I could stress that enough. I think I stressed it enough this morning. I spent a whole sermon on point one. Uh, this is essential. You cannot do anything without this. What happens? Is there an evidence of the fire? I'm so glad you asked. Let's look together at Acts chapter 2. We're going to start at verse 1 and read together verse 4. Starting at verse 1 in Acts chapter 2, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Hallelujah. There must be evidence of the fire. There must be evidence of the fire. I speak to a lot of people uh, about this. And this, as you know, and I mentioned this morning, seems to be one of the most confused passages of Scripture. The doctrine of the baptism of the Holy Spirit seems to be one of the most confused doctrines in the Christian world. I don't understand why. I don't understand why when it is clearly in the Bible, it is clearly scriptural. We looked at a Bible study last week, uh, not to compare one doctrine against another, uh, but there is more evidence for the baptism and the Holy Spirit in scripture than there is communion in scripture. And yet there are whole churches that will have communion every single week, uh, which again, each to their own. That's not a bad thing to have communion every single week. We don't do that. Uh, but they'll have communion every single week. But as soon as you mention the Holy Spirit, let alone baptism in the Holy Spirit, that's something that we'll never talk about here in this church. Well, I'm glad that at least in our church, 
At least in our church, uh, we, we read off scripture and there is a clear, a clear definition for baptism in the Holy Spirit. Here in Acts chapter 2 verse 1, we see the very first time. The very first time and there was evidence. There must be evidence to the fire. Many people tell me I'm filled. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I have the Holy Spirit. Did I get the Holy Spirit when I got saved? Is it different uh, when I uh, am baptized with the Holy Spirit? Let me say yes and yes to both of those things. Yes and yes to both. of You do receive the Holy Spirit when you get saved. But there is a clear definition in Scripture. There is another experience here. We noted that this morning. This morning that the disciples, they were obviously saved. They had the best discipleship training that anyone could ask for. Better than money could buy. They spent three years in an intense discipleship relationship with Jesus. And yet... Jesus said, you still need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You still need this. You can't do anything that I'm expecting you to do without it. Let me tell you, if you say, I am filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, if you say, I've been baptized with the Holy Spirit. Is there evidence of the fire? Because where there is fire, there is smoke. Where there is fire, there is an evidence. It smells like fire. It looks like fire. It feels like fire. I can hear the fire. There is evidence of fire. I used to mock my wife until I started uh, using these candles, but she used to buy all these beautiful candles and just leave them around the house unused. I said, that's, that's nice, but you don't get the smell if it's just sitting there on the shelf. It just looks like a block of wax on the shelf. When you light the candle, then you get the fire, then you get the smell, you get the aroma and the fragrance. And uh, vanilla is my favorite candle if you've ever, if you've ever gone to buy me a candle. Uh, hallelujah. But these beautiful candles that never get used, what a waste. What a waste. Because here they are with all of the potential in the candle and no fire. And many Christians are like that. Many Christians are like that. They look good. They look all together. They might even still have the packaging on them. <laughs> but there's no fire. It's cold. Christianity is not meant to be cold. Let's look together then at three evidences of our fire here. The first one, we read this together in verse 3, says, There appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. Everybody say, each of them. Our God is a God of fire. We heard that. We know that He is a consuming fire. Let me tell you that the moment that the tongue of fire came, again, I, every time I try to picture this, I've seen uh, videos where, where different artists 
and uh, directors have tried to uh, imagine what this looks like. It's a supernatural sight. Tongues of fire. Does that mean that there were like actual tongues that came down that were on fire? I don't know. But tongues of fire, it was a supernatural thing. But it tells me in my Bible that there were tongues of fire that came and sat upon each of them. Let me tell you that the moment that the tongue of fire came, it landed and it connected with the tongue of flesh. Can you say amen? They begun to speak the moment that the tongue of fire sat upon them. This is heaven connecting with earth. The supernatural with the natural. The Holy Spirit with the flesh. In Joel chapter 2.28 in the Old Testament, Joel prophesied, Many hundreds of years earlier and said, uh, the Lord said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Hallelujah. I qualify. Hallelujah. I am flesh. I see a lot of flesh here today. Hallelujah. We all qualify. Many people say I'm, I'm not worthy. You don't know what I've done. It's the flesh. It's, it's, again, that, that is not a qualification here. A qualification is that we would be saved, uh, that we would uh, understand who Jesus is, and that we would cry out to the Father that He would give us His promise and His gift. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is your personal bridge from heaven to earth. Let me tell you that this is supernatural. When I am speaking in tongues, it is supernatural. Do not let people rob you of this. Do not let people rob you of this. Uh, because to the, to the people outside, the people that don't understand, it sounds like foolishness. It sounds strange. The devil was right there on the first day of Pentecost. He was there ready to mock people. He said, they're drunk. It's only the morning. And listen, it is supernatural. If you speak in tongues, you know exactly what I mean. You know exactly that it is not just be just making some words and just trying to fill in the time. But when I'm speaking in tongues, something happens. Something happens. Paul says it's a mystery and it is a mystery. We don't understand all of it. We know in Romans chapter 8 that it says that the Spirit gives us utterance. The Spirit will give us words to speak from our spirit to the Spirit of God. That there are things that we want to say in prayer that we don't know how to say. When we speak in tongues, we are able to communicate directly with God himself. Listen. The tongues fell upon each of them. Each of them. There was not one that was left. They were transformed from something 
that was just in the natural, in their own strength, in their own mind, in their own intellect, and they were given a power from on high. We looked at that this morning in Luke chapter 24, verse 19, I believe, where Jesus is saying, look, go and wait in Jerusalem. I will send the promise of the Father and you will be clothed with power from on high. That means that we have the same flesh, the same mind, the same uh, faults and mistakes and those things. But God covers us with his Holy Spirit. We see this idea in the book of Revelation. In the book of Revelation, we see the idea that when we are in heaven, that we will be given our heavenly garments. We will be given clothes. Uh, I'm not talking about your white Sundays here on earth. Uh, I'm talking about your heavenly garments that will be whiter than your white Sundays, uh, that they will blot out all sin, all blemish, uh, whatever you were in the past, uh, you'll be clothed anew, hallelujah. You'll be given a new body. We can all say amen, hallelujah. Uh, but that is what we're talking about in heaven. Here we are, they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And there is a connection. They were not homo sapiens anymore. Stay with me here, right? Stay with me here. Ah, calm down. Pastors lost it because they were aliens now. No, but listen to me. They were different. They were not just human anymore. They were not just normal anymore, but there was something that they were able to connect with heaven and now they were clothed with something different. They were going through the same human life, but they were going through that life with the Holy Spirit, not just as a thought, as a religion, as an idea, but they were going through with the Holy Spirit clothed and dwelling within them, the Bible says. We are now men and women of God filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. John Wesley says, when you set yourself on fire, people come to watch you burn. And let me tell you, I don't want to impress people with the things that I do, with my speech and my eloquence, uh, with a fancy sermon, with emotion. Oh, but God, if I could show them the power of the Holy Spirit, if I could show them the fire that's in me, God, oh, God, would you help me to reach our community just by standing out there? They could see us on fire for God. Second thing that happened is that they began to speak as the Spirit gave them utterance. They began to speak in tongues. A tongue fell on each one. And then there was something that they did. The Bible says that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Let me tell you that there must be an outward manifestation of what's happening inside 
This is not a silent, quiet uh, influence. This is not just, uh, you know, I'm filled with the Spirit and He's my gentle guide. Listen, uh, sometimes uh, thank God for the, for the still small voice of God. Thank God uh, for, for His gentle guidance at times when we're making a decision and the Holy Spirit in us says, uh-uh, don't go that way, go this way, leave now, don't talk to that person. Thank God for that. But here, when they're baptized with the Holy Spirit, there was an outward, an outward manifestation of what was on the inside. In Bible study on Wednesday, we saw that four out of five times in the book of Acts. As a matter of fact, I made a case for five out of five times in the book of Acts. When they were baptized with the Holy Spirit, they spoke in other tongues. Can I be baptized with the Holy Spirit and not speak in tongues? The answer in Bible study was yes, it is possible, but it's strange. Can I be an elephant without a trunk? Yes, it's possible, but it's strange. Because every time that they were baptized with the Holy Spirit, they spoke with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Let me tell you that this is spiritual. They all begun to speak. And let me tell you the first time that I heard tongues, it was strange. Can we be real here for a second? It's okay. You don't have to be all holy. Uh, It was strange. The first time I came to church and I saw people clapping, it was strange. When When they stood up and sat down, it was strange. When they came to the altar, it was strange. When they said, raise your hand. And then come down the front. We're going to pray with you. And your whole destiny and your eternity is going to be changed. uh, Because you're going to get your heart right. It was strange. And why is it strange? Because it is not the world. It is not what I'm used to. It is not what I'm familiar with. I was speaking uh, to the girls here this morning. I was saying... uh, However strange that was to me at the beginning, the longer that I'm saved, the more strange the world becomes. The longer that I'm saved and I hear stories of people in their broken marriages, their broken relationships, their addictions, uh, their dealings and things, uh, just the insanity of sin that they think is normal. That they think is normal. The longer I'm saved, when I hear those things, that's what's strange to me. That's what's strange to me. That people could live like that, week in, week out, nothing ever changes, and they never want anything else. They come into a church and they see us. And what's the most common comment that we get? Hallelujah, it's a good testimony for our church. Because the most common comment that we get when people walk in is they say, man, there's something different here. There's something different. They walk in and at first they only see a few of us. And I don't know what they're thinking. I know what I'd be thinking if I was a sinner. Right? I don't know what they're thinking. But they stick around. And by the end of it, man, 
It's something different. Let me tell you, it's because the Holy Ghost is here. Because there's something, they don't know what the fire is. They don't know what that is, but they know, wait a second, there's something different, a strange different, a good different. I don't get this out in the world. I don't get this on every high and on every drug and on every experience out there. I've been looking for this. Let me tell you that the baptism in the Holy Spirit, that's the key. Get saved, hallelujah. Then the baptism in the Holy Spirit, that's the key to unlock that whole idea. Something strange, let me, let me, in, let, let, me let you in on the secret. Last thing was that they were all filled. Each one, each one was transformed in the supernatural. There was an evidence. They all began to speak. And then the Bible says they were all filled. Verse 4, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you know that every time, every single time in the book of Acts, when they prayed for the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, and they were all filled. There was not one time that they said, you know what? 90% of them were filled. There was not one time that they said they were all filled except for the strange psycho dude. <laughs> they were all filled. I mentioned this morning that there were 120 present in the upper room and 120 were filled. And guess what? 120 of them spoke in tongues. Do you remember that first time? Because I do. That first time in the old building when we prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You probably had no idea what was going on. But I remember because I told my wife, who was still rocking the pram, pressing the computer buttons, doing the projector, shaking people's hands, doing the whole show while I was standing up here. I remember telling my wife, listen, I need you. And Jonah was a little baby at the time. I need you to get Jonah out of nursery uh, so that... When we are in, when we are at the end of the service, you're already standing back there. You're, you have to be in the building with me because the only two people in the building that speak in tongues is me and you. And I said, so when I say, let's speak in tongues, and I shandor, I just got to close my eyes because I don't want to look at their faces. <laughs> and I remember that first time, it was wild, it was exciting. I remember when we did that and I said to my wife, you better pray in tongues real loud, real loud. So then they know this is not just the pastor that does the robo-bobo thing, uh, but this is you that can do that. We could all speak in tongues. The Bible says they all spoke in tongues. They all spoke in tongues. Now, I know that there are some of you here that we've been prayed for. We've been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you've said to yourself, I tried that and I didn't get it. I tried to speak and I didn't get it. Maybe it's not for me. Nope. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's a lie from the pit of hell. It's for every single one of us. The Bible says every single time they were all filled. 
There is some confusion, which we looked at in Bible study on Wednesday, some confusion between uh, the gift of tongues for ministry, which Paul addresses in 1 Corinthians 14. There is a confusion between the gift of tongues, the ministry gift of tongues, and the gift from the Father, which is for every single believer. Every single time in Acts, they were all filled. They all received tongues. And guess what? They all spoke. And if you haven't spoken in tongues, we have an opportunity tonight to pray for the Holy Spirit, a baptism in the Holy Spirit, that you might speak in tongues. Hallelujah. You must desire the fire. You must say, you know what, God? I need this. You know what, God, uh, this is not just uh, just speaking out some extra words, uh, but God, I need this power. For those of us that speak in tongues, we understand that there is an extra power that comes with speaking in tongues. You could be in the middle of temptation on your own outside of church and in the middle of that temptation you think you know what God I can't handle this I don't know what to say I'm not strong enough in my own strength but God I'm going to speak in tongues I've received news I've received phone calls that are terrible I remember it being in traffic this happens almost on a weekly basis and I'm in traffic and either stress or anxiety or a bad news or something will come upon me and I'm freaking out either on my way to work or I'm driving home or on the way to something. Sometimes even on the way to outreach. As a matter of fact, on the way to most outreaches, on the way to most outreaches, the enemy's all over me. And my kids know when I'm driving to outreach, uh, it's time to be quiet, don't talk. And they know, how to, they know what tongues sound like because we're in the car and I'm, I'm speaking in tongues loud. Let me tell you, God gives you a power and ability to overcome. It says it in the Bible. This is not just hype. This is not just an empty promise. But again, people don't understand it. What they don't understand, they fear. Charles Spurgeon says, without the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. Amen. We are ships without the wind, branches without the sap, coals without the fire. We are useless. Let me tell you that because of Acts chapter 2, we can now read the book of Acts. <laughs> Did you understand that the book of Acts is the Acts of the Apostles? There would have been no Acts of the Apostles if there was no Acts chapter 2. If there was no Holy Spirit fire, if there was no power that came from high, if there was none of that, there would have been no book of Acts. Potentially, none of the other books after Acts would have come. Holy Spirit gives us warmth. He's our comforter. Gives us direction. He's a spirit of truth. Gives us power. Boldness for witnessing. Boldness. I am not ashamed. We have these t-shirts that we wear on outreach. I wonder how many of you can quote the verse that's on the back of the t-shirt. Yeah, remember those blue t-shirts? Romans 1.18. 
Hallelujah. I'm not ashamed for the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. Let me finish with this last illustration. My good friend Reinhard Bonkel, he had a story to tell about a man that he was praying for, for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And this man said to me, uh, said, said to Reinhard Bonnke, Reinhard was interviewing him in a sense, and he said, when, when are you going to get saved, my friend? And he says, saved? Oh, it's pointless. He says, it's pointless. My mother is a witch doctor. My grandmother is a witch doctor. And my great-grandmother is a witch doctor. If I get saved here tonight in this meeting, even if I get baptized with the Holy Spirit, I, there's something that will happen in me. I'll go back home and I know as soon as I walk into that house, things will change and I have no power to live against them. Ranha Bonke thought hard for a while and he said to them this question. He said, can a man live on the moon? They're a strange question. Can a man live on the moon? And the man said, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, no. And he said, the answer is no. He cannot live on the moon if a man goes the way that he is. But yes, he can live on the moon if he is clothed in the spacesuit. <laughs> if he is clothed in the suit, even though the environment that he is going into is a hostile environment. Everything in that is seeking to kill him. But in that spacesuit, <coughs> there is an atmosphere that is the same atmosphere as back on earth. What a picture. What a picture of what it is to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit clothes you the same atmosphere, power, encouragement that you have here in this church service, you can carry with you back into your home, into your workplace, and into your community. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads here tonight. We're going to pray.